0: Looks like some kind of insect. A bee?
1: Bees, Scotty. Killer bees.
0: Are you
2: endowing these bees with human motives?
1: Do you have any idea what those bees can do? The honeybee is vital to the environment. Oh, no, no, not the bees! Not the bees! Ah! Welcome to Killer Bees.
2: This is not a Wu-Tang podcast.
1: No, this is a podcast where we profile B-movie and genre film icons. My name is Garrett Smith. My name is Tori Potenza. hope
2: we can be found everywhere on the internet at Killer Bees Podcast. That's Killer Bs Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and at gmail.com. We're a part of the Movie John Podcast Network on moviejohn.com. That's the Philadelphia John, J-A-W-N. Our artwork is by Alex Schneider. Our music is by Christine Rayburn and her partner, Pat. And today, we are talking about uh, one of our great discoveries of 2021, Susan Terrell.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is a 2021 thing, isn't it? I
2: don't think I had ever seen her in anything before. Butcher, baker, a nightmare yeah. maker.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to make my uh my not end of year list but my like uh favorite discoveries yeah. of the year and i i definitely have Butcher Baker pretty high up yeah, yeah. in there.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you do yeah. cuz it's uh, a freaking great dude. Yeah. We'll talk about it later but uh yeah, so and yeah, she's You li-
1: just bought it uh in the Kino sale. That
2: Blu-ray is on its way to our home.
1: Yep, in theory.
2: Yes, in theory. Uh but yeah, so i don't think i had seen her in anything before this year and now i've seen her in like, you know, yeah. six things.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah.
2: Um, so yeah, we'll be, be cool. talking about Susan Terrell today, but uh, is there anything that we've been watching? Oh yeah, I mean, for sure there's at least something we watched that I know well, you want to talk about.
1: Well, I mean, uh, we've gotten into some J-horror uh, as of late, which is pretty fun yeah, and awesome. Yeah, we've been
2: watching some of that uh, you know, early 2000s Japanese horror craze.
1: Oh yeah, and like late 90s? it looks like, too. Sure, yeah. Um, I don't know that
2: we have... Uh, d- oh, I guess right. Was, uh, was I don't the think ring we like ring- Yeah, so Ringu is
1: 1998, according to oh, okay, okay. Uh Yeah, so we watched Ringu. Uh, we watched uh, Spiral, also known as Uzumaki, which is a adaptation of the Jinji Ito manga that I love. And then last night we watched Juan the Grudge.
2: Yes, we did, which was my favorite of the bunch.
1: Yeah, it was really good.
2: Juan um, fucking rocks.
1: Yeah. Uh, like, I liked Uzumaki a lot just because, like, I, I love Junji Ito so much. So, yeah. like, watching uh, some of his stuff adapted for the first time made me excited. But I've also found there's other adaptations, and there's also on, like, Crunchyroll or Funimation, one of the ones. Uh, there's, like, Jinji Ito, like, stories. And it's, like, oh. animated uh, Jinji Ito, like, horror that's shorts. That's pretty cool. Have you watched Should any I of those? I haven't. I'm okay. very excited to watch that them. That sounds cool. Because,
2: um, yeah, Spiral I was, like, less into, personally.
1: Yeah. Um, And it's, like, weird. It's a very weird yeah, yeah. adaptation. Um, and is pretty different. Like, there's a lot of imagery and stuff that's similar. But a, a lot of it felt kind of different than... Uh, the manga too um but yeah like ringu was weird because it was like much more of like a detective procedural movie than i expected it to be where grudge was just like full-on horror yeah yeah Uh like through and through
2: it, it was legitimately a creepy movie yeah. and in such uh an interesting way yeah. where like they're just showing you the yeah. ghost all the time you're just yeah. constantly seeing that dude
1: I'm also pretty sure if I try hard enough I can do that sound effect.
2: Oh please don't. Please <laughs> do not. It will really freak I'm me out. I'm pretty
1: sure that's a noise I just like made as a kid <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I can't
2: know I can't even know that you're capable of it.
1: Uh, it's like my Smeagol voice. Yeah, like... that's yeah, see, I'm already <laughs> dealing with
2: one pretty bad thing here.
1: Uh I just like I like wanna know if I can do it.
2: Yeah, you could do that in your <laughs> private time. <laughs> okay. That's what your day's offer
1: for. <laughs> oh, that's it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Uh, I, it was uh very effectively creepy, which was awesome. Yeah. And then we also went down a rabbit hole because we found that oh, there's The a, Grudge and The Ring have so many different 15 adaptations. They cross over at some uh-huh. point. There's a versus so movie. So I think this is going to be our next, like... Yeah we need to dive into this fucking rabbit hole because I'm so excited about it.
2: Because I actually, I dug that about Ringu, by the way. Like, I like that it starts as, like, a horror movie. Mm -hmm. Like, the first, like, ten minutes feel like a horror movie. Yeah. And then it's just, like, a procedural for, like, an hour. Yeah. And then, like, in the last 15 minutes, it becomes almost like a biblical parable. Yeah. Like, it becomes this, like, kind of morality play. Yeah. You know, that, like, you do not really see coming when you start with, like, the dead teenagers around town or whatever, you know?
1: Yeah, I also really want to read the book series. I'm very interested in what that is like.
2: Uh, I was also... This is going to be our life now. I I think you as well. I saw um, The American Ring in the theaters. Um,
1: Yeah, I... I had seen it or parts of it, but it came out at a time when I was still terrified of horror movies. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, fuck that. Like I just saw like the video part of it, oh, like yeah, yeah. the where you see like the girl in the well, and I was mm-hmm. like, Fuck all of this shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, why would anyone watch this?
2: I, I had a friend that worked at a movie theater at the time. I was also not into horror and yeah. he saw it and was like, You should really see this movie. It's like really good. And I did like it. Um, but it was interesting watching the Japanese one all these years later when I... I don't know if I've seen the American one mm-hmm. since that theater experience. And it's so similar, but also so different. Yeah. Like, so many elements of it were ripped straight out of the Japanese movie. But just, like, tonally and almost, like, like emotionally... Yeah. It felt like a totally different movie.
1: Well, there was, like, even just some interesting stuff where, like... um the geography is different enough that, like, obviously the American one had to do some different stuff because, like, this one had a lot to do with, like, islands and a volcano and all this stuff where it's like, well, this doesn't make sense for, like, I don't know where they are, like, the Midwest or, like, (laughs) Pacific Coast or, yeah, Yeah, it's like... It's somewhere really dark. (laughs) I feel like
2: they like live in the city in the American one. Yeah. And and it's like the, the journey outward is to like somewhere beyond the city. Yeah. As opposed to like over the, I mean, they do, there is a fairy thing in that movie, but like,
1: yeah, there's, there's some, I remember some really weird imagery from that movie. That was pretty different from what we saw. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like, I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll just start a, a Ringu a grudge podcast and then we're just going to go through all of these movies. I'm also
2: fascinated that these directors both made some of the American versions of their movies. Yeah, that like- interests
1: me too. And that we talked about this, that the guy that directed Ringu helps the guy... Uh, that, that directs, directs Juan like get his movie like on the big screen because yep. the first two that he had done were like
0: straight to video straight to movies. video. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. um, so even that like collaboration is uh-huh. so interesting to me. Like, there's just so much of this that connects and has similar DNA, and even like the stories have like this kind of like viral like. Uh, curses and ghosts and things yeah. spreading and yeah. i i just find all of that really interesting
2: i'm i'm with you we've yeah. we've discovered a, a a big deep web yeah. here that uh, i think we're ready to dive it's into very exciting so we'll probably be talking about these uh juan and and uh ringu movies yeah. <laughs> in coming episodes that's all i can think yeah. about uh i think that's enough for us to yeah. uh, get started and jump we into can, susan's career i
1: think you're right um, so, yeah, Susan Terrell uh, has 78 acting credits, uh, a writer's credit, a composer's credit, and two soundtrack credits, according oh, okay. to IMDb. Okay. Um, I found this really funny quote from her. She has a lot of funny quotes, but this just seems... I'm
2: sure she does. Uh,
1: ...very her, because she's, like, just a fucking, like, chaotic wild card energy.
0: Yes, yeah, exactly.
1: Um, I hate success. I have the ambition of a slug,
0: <laughs>
1: which like same. Um, I work when I need the money, which is about once a year. Success freaks me out. If it wasn't for that, I'd like to work more. But the most, the more successful you are, the more crap you're offered. So it seems like the less I work, the more I get. Uh, The special things most of the people that are successful really suck to me. I don't think success is a judge of talent at all. Not these days. (laughs) So she has some feels about that, obviously.
2: Oh, man. Yeah, that is very funny. So funny. I like how deep she went on that. She started at slug and got all the way down to like.
1: Uh, I mean, I just, I think that's like when I knew I needed to put this quote in here. As soon as she said I have the ambition of a slug, I yeah. was like, oh, yes, girl.
2: And that built all the way to <laughs> successful people suck.
1: Um, so Susan Terrell was born March 18th, 1945 in San Francisco, California. And her name uh, when she was born was Susan Jillian Creamer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, She made her stage debut in Time Out for Ginger in 1962. Uh, She was 17 years old. Um, Her father was a top Asian at at one time with the William Morris firm. Okay. Um, So she was kind of like... pretty young and, like, around, uh, you know, like, movies and sets and things, yep. and, uh, I saw a quote that, like, her, her father just, like, thought she was gonna be this big star and, like, kind sure. of, uh, pushed her that way, um, She became a member of New York's Lincoln uh, Repertory Company um, and was cast in an array of different roles, often playing, like, highly dysfunctional characters. Uh Um, So she had performances on and off Broadway in things like uh, The Rhymers of Eldritch, uh, Cry of Players, The Time of Your Life, and Camino Real.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. and then I her mean,
2: she makes sense to me as a stage actress she plays to the sure. fucking back of the house yeah. every time
1: um and she, uh, her first on screen role is in, uh, was in TV. She was in NBC Experiments in Television, which I found out was the NBC attempt at the Twilight Zone. Okay. Uh, which is fucking insane to me that they tried to like piggyback off of uh, just the genius of Rod Serling.
2: Experiments in Television.
1: Yeah. Um, So yeah, her acting career, uh, at least like on screen, really kicks off in the 70s. Uh, For TV, she was in things like Bonanza, Starsky, and Hutch, and Kojak. All right. Um, And then in 1971, she has her uh, first film. Uh, She is in Shootout, starring Gregory Peck.
2: Yeah, I think this is like a Western, maybe.
1: Yeah, a former bank robber searches for his double-crossing partner who has left him for dead while having to look after a six-year-old girl.
2: Yeah, this sounds good. I want to see this movie.
1: Um, and then she was in a drama called Been Down So Long It Looks Like Up To Me, which is wow. such a long title. Yep, yeah,
2: that's too long. And then
1: in 1972, she was in Fat City, directed by John Huston, starring Stacy Keach and Jeff Bridges. Yeah, that
2: sounds fucking good, too.
1: Um, which is about, like, two men working um, as boxers. Um it says when their careers each began and take opposite momentum. Okay. Um, she actually earned an Academy award nomination for her role. She plays, um, like Stacy Keisha's, Keisha's girlfriend, um, who's kind of like a, an alcoholic. Um, I actually watched one of her clips, um, with Stacy Keach and they're like great. Like oh, she's yeah. really good in it. And it's like, it's not like she's not doing the thing she's always doing, yeah, yeah. but there's something about it that like makes a lot of sense in this more dramatic role, Oh sure, uh, sure. which was kind of cool. Like, yeah. you know, she's still playing like a seedy alcoholic kind of like eccentric character, but yeah. there's, there's something about it that I was like, oh, okay, like I, I can understand you in like a Hollywood film. And she's like
2: actually grounded in the world of that movie somehow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For
1: sure. Um Yes, yeah, so uh da, da, da. uh oh, uh this was like uh kind of some sad stuff that I didn't know because we also have watched like some other John Houston films I know in the past but um, in an interview she shared that um, she experienced a traumatic sexual incident with John Huston um, yeah. on this set that forever changed her. Um, so I don't really know much about him. That's uh, horrible. But, I don't know anything
2: about him. Yeah. Uh, you
1: know, being really early in her career, having this terrible experience yeah. but then also like giving such a good performance that she was uh, nominated for an Academy Award. Oh God, yeah. Um, so she's
2: like kind of tied to it for forever yeah
1: um which is really unfortunate uh but it's also interesting because like this happens early in her career and then she kind of like just becomes this like b movie like genre star and like finds a weird uh i don't know like success and gets to work with really interesting people that way but like it feels like she does like just go a totally different direction Mm -hmm. than she could have gone um So after that, um, in 1974, she was in a musical drama called Catch My Soul, uh, and then was in a film called To Kill the King with Lance Henriksen. Um, And then in 1977, she was in the movie Bad, which was a Warhol-produced film um, about uh, Hazel, who runs a beauty salon out of her house, but makes extra money by providing ruthless women to do hit jobs. Wait,
2: okay, this sounds amazing. Yeah.
1: KT is a parasite and contacts Hazel looking for work when he runs out of money. Um, yeah. I think she said like, this was like uh like one of her favorite like film roles to do. Um, That's cool. And I haven't watched much of like the Warhol directed slash produced stuff. I know we kind of looked at some of this and we were researching her. S- but... I've only seen
2: a couple of the horror movies that were yeah. produced there.
1: Yeah. And I know there's some I would definitely like to watch. Um, Uh, But yeah, after that, she does, uh, she has an uncredited uncredited narrator role in Wizards, which was an animated film uh, with Mark Hamill. Yeah, I kind of wanted to watch this because I've heard a
2: lot about this movie. Um,
1: And then she does the film Islands in the Stream, which I guess was a Hemingway adaptation. Okay, okay. Um, she's then, this is all in 77 too. She liked it so much in 77, which was wild. Um, she was in, I never promised you a rose garden about a disturbed, institutionalized 16 year old girl who struggles between fantasy and reality. You wanted to
2: watch this one, right? It sounds kind of interesting. I
1: think, um, and then she's in the film September 30th, 1955, with Richard Thomas, Dennis Quaid, and Thomas Hulch, who uh, is the lead in Amadeus. Oh, yeah. If right. you remember him.
0: Yep.
1: Um, it sounded really interesting. So when Jimmy's idol, James Dean, dies on September 30th, 1955, the small town Arkansas college graduate goes berserk. He and his friends hold a vigil, which turns into a drunk and, fin- and finally a tragedy. Huh. Weird. Yeah, very strange. Um, And then uh, she's in a movie called Another Man, Another Chance, starring James Caan, which uh, kind of sounded like another Western to me.
2: Oh, okay. They would be an interesting combination to see on screen together.
1: Yeah. I mean, we we love Caan here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And then in 78, she was in a comedy called Coming Attractions with Bill Murray. Oh, I don't think I've ever heard of that. Yeah, I had not either. I like Bill Murray. Um, and then we get to her roles in the 80s, uh, and the first movie she's in is a movie called Forbidden Zone,
0: uh-huh. which
1: I don't even know where to begin with this movie that we watched the other night.
2: Yeah, this is like, what's his name that directed it? Richard, uh, right, it was, um, uh... Elfman, Richard Elfman. Richard Elfman, right? Elfman yes. Uh, which I, I assume is a person related to Danny Elfman. Well, I don't know a ton about Danny Elfman.
1: Yeah, because it is also a movie that uh has like the whole like oingo boingo, like
2: I believe oingo boingo is band. Like, in the movie. I I think it's kind of about yeah. them, sort
1: of. Danny Elfman plays the devil yeah, in the movie. In
2: one of the better scenes in the movie, by the way. I thought that was like one of the better scenes. Yeah, that scenes. was pretty
1: fun. It, it also like like we talked about this, like the song he sings, like when he's like doing his like I'm the devil. It like just felt exactly like the Oogie Boogie song to yeah, me yeah, and I poor yeah. Christmas, right. which was really weird. Um it, but yeah, this is like a th- Thoroughly strange movie.
2: Yeah. The, like, there were things I liked about this movie. Yeah. You can see the same kind of obsession that, like, Tim Burton has with certain, like, kind of, like, 1930s, like, aesthetics and stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, there are these, like, Terry Gilliam, like, animated sequences mm-hmm. that I thought were great. True. And really cool and really fun. And some of the humor is, so, I mean, it's, like, a little bit John Waters, I would say. It's, like, trying to be transgressive. And succeeds many times in ways that uh, do not hold up at all. Um, You know, there's, like, blackface in this movie and some stuff that, like, just
1: sucks. Yeah, some, like, portrayals of, like, what seems to be non-consensual sex. There's a lot of stuff
2: that just sucks in this movie that's, like, trying to be transgressive. But it had that distinct air of, like, a bunch of rich kids trying to be outsider artists. Yeah. And only really achieving just, like, being a bunch of schmucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... Uh, but there were things that I did like about it. I thought there were some jokes. It was weird enough that there were some jokes that really landed for me. I got a couple of good laughs mm-hmm. out of it. Uh, some of the musical numbers I thought were like pretty interesting and cool. Yeah. Um,
1: Susan Terrell is very good in this Susan movie. Terrell
2: is what, like the queen of the sixth dimension or yeah, something like that? Yeah, she's the
1: queen, and her husband is constantly oh. like having sex with other ladies. Uh,
2: Herve Villachez plays her husband. Yes
1: uh and so she's like the jealous queen trying to hold on to her power uh and she's like really great in that role she gets to wear like these really insane outfits uh sometimes with her tits like completely hanging out of them (laughs) yes um (laughs) but she's like i mean this is like her shtick like it's just like a totally fun batshit crazy role that she just gets to like chew on which is really great yep um also, we got to mention there's like a frogman in this uh, movie. Oh, he's the best part of the movie. I love. Like, he's he's the only for. character
2: that seems to believe uh, in consent as a principle, and uh, yeah, that makes him that makes frogman. And good because man.
1: of that, he gets to fuck the princess. Correct. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, very very weird movie.
2: Yeah, uh, super strange. I wish I could. Oh, we watched like the colorized version of it. I guess yeah. this was shot in black and white. We watched the colorized version. I thought it was beautiful. I really yeah. liked the colorization. I yeah, thought it looked really was cool. awesome. Um, there's stuff to like here, but I can't really recommend it. I, I kind of thought it was, I don't know. I yeah, like if you
1: want to watch something just because it's like, you know, wild, uh, yeah, go for it. You it know, It definitely
2: shows off what Susan Terrell kind of like does best, in my opinion, which is just yeah. be like really big uh, arch characters, yeah. you know.
1: For sure. Uh, And then in 1981, she does the movie Subway Riders about a psychotic saxophone player uh, who lures victims to deserted spots with his music and then guns them down.
2: We have to watch this movie sometime. Do we? The only reason we did not is because we were like... We can't decide if this actually seems like it will be good or not and it's 2 hours long and so It's on
1: YouTube I think. We and... didn't want to get
2: stuck in like a bad movie that was 2 hours long so we yeah. opted for some other movies but the idea of a saxophone player that is a serial killer yeah. that lures people in with their yeah. saxophone is so appealing to me. Yeah.
1: I I just went through like I just like kind of like slowly moved through, like, the YouTube video I found, and it just didn't look like it was very good quality. Like, not even necessarily the YouTube video, but, like, it doesn't look like it was, like, a well-made movie. I think it's
2: streaming somewhere, actually, though. That was one of the reasons I wanted to watch it, because it's on, like, one of the streamers somewhere. We don't need to be watching a a bad quality YouTube of it. Someone's got it. No,
1: but I think the movie itself just doesn't look good, from what I could tell. That's Uh what I mean, where I was kind of like, oh, this, like, has a look and feel that, like, feels a little, like chintzy and, like, trashy to me in a way that, like, doesn't seem fun. Uh-huh. If that I'm going to watch sense. it
2: sometime. It sounds great.
1: Okay. Uh, after that, she's in uh, the film Liar's Moon, starring a young Matt Dillon.
2: I've heard of that for some reason, but I don't know why.
1: And then she's in Butcher Baker, Nightmare Maker. The most which,
2: insanely titled movie of all time. Yeah,
1: a very, very weird movie. Don't know movie. why it's called that.
2: Can't explain it to you. We're no. about to talk about the movie, and you will not understand why it has that title as we talk and about it. And it
1: has, I think one of the posters has another title for it, like Night Moves or something. Oh,
2: uh, yeah, it's not Night Moves, but yeah, it's something like that. It's like We're a-
1: just like, why is this? Yeah, like, but even that like doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, this was a movie I wanted to find because it's one of the video nasties, and I want to try to see as many of those as possible. Um, and it finally was streaming on Shudder, and I think it probably still is on Shudder.
2: I think it is, Yeah.
1: Uh, one of the most interesting aspects of this movie to me though is that it's directed by William Asher who was like the guy behind things like I Love Lucy and Bewitched. He was like a big TV guy, like directed and wrote different episodes for these things and then eventually makes this like absolutely batshit crazy, violent, insane Susan Terrell movie. Totally crazy
2: movie. This yeah. is like one of the baddest movies i've ever seen
1: so the premise is essentially that this aunt has been taking care of her like orphaned nephew yeah that she has a very strange potentially sexual interest in yes he's Uh, like
2: what 17 or 18 yeah he's like getting
1: to the age where he's Gonna graduate, and he keeps talking about wanting to go to school, and he like wants to get a basketball scholarship. And she is very against him leaving her, going to school, leaving the house. Like she doesn't want him to have anything to do with anyone except for her. Yes, uh, because he gets a girlfriend that she is very not okay with. Correct. Um, and so because in this attempt to just keep her nephew to herself, she starts murdering people. Uh Like it's. Very crazy. Yep. yep. Um,
2: she very quickly yes. uh, flies into a jealous kind of rage yeah. that results in her uh, killing some people. Yep. And then, because, am I, do I remember this correctly? Because he really does love his aunt, he starts trying to protect her?
1: Well, so she kills a guy that is in their house for some reason because... well. I forget the exact scene, but she's, like, kind of trying to seduce him. Right. Or at least, like, pretend that's what's going on. So that way, like, she can put herself in a position where, like, she's, like, being raped, potentially. Where
2: she's, like, committing an act of self-defense. And that way,
1: like, her nephew can save her. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, this guy gets murdered. And then... That spurs on this whole thing where, like, this, there's this detective that's very suspicious of the nephew and yeah. is for some reason not suspicious of Susan, Susan Terrell, even though she is not hiding the fact that she is batshit crazy from anyone.
2: Well, one of the things that I think is, and you'll have to forgive me for phrasing it this way, funny about this movie, is that the detective thinks that the nephew is gay and is constantly dropping a hard F about <laughs> what he thinks about him. Yeah, and that seems to be why he targets him and ignores yeah. Susan Terrell. He's like, be- I think
1: you're gay and you're a killer. Yeah. So
2: <laughs> because he's so homophobic, he like basically targets this kid. Yeah. And I, I think that's like something that is actually like baked into the text of the movie. And yeah. it, 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 it I think it can come off like, ah, it's one of those 80s movies. That yeah. They're just dropping this word all the time. But I actually think it's like baked into the text of the movie that like this guy is a homophobe and it makes him a bad detective. Yeah. He like, he actually actively like obstructs his own case. Yeah.
1: And you see him do like some other just terrible, like yeah. racist cop yep. shit, yep. like throughout the film. Yep. So it's like, they are not portraying him in yeah. a good and that's, light. Is it
2: both fence in that plays him, it's like this, I think so also highly camp performance yeah. in a movie that also has Susan Terrell giving, we haven't even got to it yet, but a fully camp performance. That's yeah. insane.
1: Um, yeah, and uh it also this movie has uh we talked about it before because it has a young Bill Paxton in yes, it. Yep. Um so we did talk about that on our Bill Paxton episode. I wrote about this movie for my Women Who Kill column on mm-hmm. Movie John. Um so I wrote a lot about Susan Terrell's character and just how interesting it is for like how she's portrayed in this movie. Like she is just like batshit crazy like in every way possible and is like not trying to hide that from anyone right. um, which like should make her more suspicious Right. but people just ignore that she's crazy so it's like this weird thing where it's like Oh, well, does everyone just think, like, oh, she's just, like, kind of the weird aunt. So, like, we don't want to, like, assume anything. Or, like, oh, like, we're just going to write her off. There's no way that this, like, aunt lady could, like, be a murderer. It's just, like, so interesting. It's like, no, like, if you paid any attention to anything that's going on, it is very obvious that she is the killer.
2: Yeah, I mean, because by the end of the movie, she... the Really, my favorite thing about the movie is her. And it's because her performance by the end, like, the last, like, 20 minutes of this movie, she like practically is a universal monster yeah she's like this completely monstrous character but there's no makeup or anything she just like like physically transforms like in front of your eyes like early in the movie she is like a sultry older woman right like and and you buy into her as that by the end of the movie she's like she looks like a a, like again forgive me for afraid, but like she looks like a hag by the end of the movie you know what I mean like a uh, a classic like, yeah. horror movie villain. And
1: yeah, she's like she walks like she has like a hunchback yeah. and stuff. It's really weird. She goes
2: through this like crazy physical transformation yeah. over the course of it, and it's just like her performance that's doing. Yeah, that. it's I was, so like, impressive. I was, like, blown away by it, but it's also it's a high camp. It's like yeah. it's totally wild.
1: Uh, one of the things that's funny, too, is that earlier versions of the movie had it be more ambiguous that Susan Terrell was the villain in the story. <laughs> How? I can't even imagine what the movie would be How? like if you didn't realize that from the get-go.
2: I mean, w- w- what even what even footage did they have of Susan Terrell where they were like, yeah, m- maybe, maybe you don't know she's nuts?
1: Uh, also, this was a funny note I found. Reportedly, star Susan Terrell had never seen the film, believing it to be awful until an interview in 2008. After watching it, Terrell said she enjoyed the film. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this movie is great. That's amazing. And I'm She's... sure it got a reputation, especially since it ended up on the video nasties yeah, yeah. list and all of this. So it like makes sense that it had this reputation of just being bad. But like, She's fucking
2: good at yeah, this it's movie. Like, this is like, my favorite of her movies.
1: Yeah, it's like an amazing performance from her... And then it is just like so absolutely wild. Like you, you have to experience oh, yeah, this yeah. movie. Like,
2: Even with everything we just said, you're gonna sit down to watch it and be blown away by how just like every five minutes it's making the most insane choice it yeah, could possibly make. It's so funny. Yeah, it's it's great. We had such a good time watching this. I'm excited to own it on Blu-ray. Oh, Gotta have that I one in high-def. Can't wait. Baby.
1: Um, she's then in a movie. So I assume this was Italian. Um, Story di orienadria folia, which is based on the Bukowski novel called Erections, Ejaculation Exhibitions, and General Tales of Ordinary Madness.
2: I can see why they renamed it in
0: Italian. Which
1: is such a Bukowski title, and yeah. also like is just about like drinking and sex. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, that sounds like Bukowski. Mm-hmm, Great. Mm-hmm. Um, In 1982, she's in the movie Fast Walking, starring James Woods.
2: Another duo I would love to see on screen together.
1: About a corrupt prison guard who becomes involved in a plot to murder a black revolutionary serving time in his prison.
2: Okay, that sounds very much like a James Woods thing.
1: Right? I was like, oh, God, it feels so appropriate that you're playing this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then in 1983, she is in the movie Angel, which we also watched. Yeah, was
2: this like on Amazon Prime or something? I can't remember. It's floating around somewhere right now.
1: Shutter, yeah, maybe? It, I can't remember, but yes, it is pretty available, and we were able to watch it, which I was. Uh, yeah, it is on Shutter. In, in Amazon, it looks like, in a couple different places. AMC, yeah.
2: I, I kind of think I can recommend this movie to people. I mean, it's like, it's when we yeah. tell you the premise, you're going to be like, I'm sorry, what?
1: Yeah, so it's about a 15-year-old sex worker. Yes. Uh,
2: she is a, like, high schooler by day yep. and uh, a sex worker by night. Yep.
1: She's been, like, abandoned by her parents. Uh, um, like,
2: Quite literally, she, Mm -hmm. uh, as the movie goes on, you discover that she lives alone in the house that she grew up in. Yep. uh, And is just kind of surviving there on her own and doing her best to, like, Keep child services and other uh, people like that like out of yeah. out of her hair.
1: Well, she like lives in like an apartment building and just like pretends that her mom is still around, right?
2: And is just like sick behind yeah. the door somewhere.
1: And Susan Terrell's character is like her landlady. That's right. Yes. Um, and so she's always like, "Oh yeah, like mom's just an invalid, she can't move, so yeah. I have to do all this work." Um, so yeah, she's like. You know, trying to be this like A plus student, get into like a good college, and is you know trying to make money by being a sex worker. And so, like when I wanted to see this movie, but the premise of it, I was like, God, this is so problematic. Yeah, yeah. But like it actually like weirdly handles all of its characters really well. Like totally agree. Terrell plays like a like a like butch lesbian kind of character in this movie. Um one of the other leads is um oh, what
2: was that guy's name? I feel like I know exactly who you're about to mention.
1: Yeah.
0: Um look we'll him up quick.
1: Yeah, so he like cross dresses mm-hmm. um and is like very good friends with like Susan Terrell's character. They just like make fun of each other all the time, which I found to be like very endearing and charming. Um, but like one of the things that like I read um somewhere was just like Uh, They were like, yeah, it's, like, not often that you would get these kinds of characters in a movie like this where they weren't, like, being made fun of. Mm -hmm. Like, these are endearing characters that you, like, feel for and really like. Even all the sex workers you really feel feel for and like. Like, it doesn't actually feel like it's making fun of any of these people, which felt, like weirdly progressive for this movie that I assumed was just going to be, like, totally problematic.
2: I know. it's. I mean, it's like a total grindhouse B-movie premise that does become a vengeance movie kind of in the final minutes. Yeah,
1: there's, like, a serial killer who's going after the sex workers, and she kind of becomes entangled in the investigation since a lot of her friends have died and wants to kind of, like, help bring this guy to justice. Yeah.
2: She's the hero of the movie, kind of yeah, um the movie never act really honestly comments on or punishes her for being a sex worker. You yeah. know what I mean, like the yeah, it, like
1: her teacher at school finds out and then like is imme- immediately goes to the house and like talks to one of the other like sex workers, and they're just trying to figure out like what they can do to like best support her yeah. and like get her into a better situation because like all of these people want the best for angel. Yeah. it's like actually really sweet and heartwarming that all like even the cop is like he's initially kind of like oh like whatever like these sex workers like they're asking for it and then even he by the end of it seems to like really care about her and like bringing this guy to justice and taking care of all these people like I was like this is like weird like it's so weird how much this movie seems to care about all of these characters, especially for the time that it was made.
2: I saw somebody review it as like you know, it like you think you're about to get like a sex exploitation movie, and instead you get an after school special.
1: Yeah, which
2: is like a little is a little bit true. You yeah, know? Like it's it's a, uh, But but I did I, I I was very charmed by that. Yes, you know I, mean? I I was too. Um. Uh. And there's that guy. um uh Rory Calhoun that plays that oh, Kick Carson. I love him. Uh, person you whatever.
1: need to see Motel Hell. Because okay, okay. he's so good. Yeah, he, he's yeah. real
2: wonderful in this. Yeah, it's a great cast of characters. And um honestly, my only like real disappointment with this movie was that Angel is not really the one that gets like the last word on everything. I
1: know. I didn't like that either.
2: Um but uh but yeah, I it just this is a movie that you know. Was just very surprising for like very much being a sexploitation movie yeah. that actually is c- kind of has like a heart of gold, yeah, <laughs> you know? Like it's it was, yeah,
1: so such a surprise. Yeah. Um, so after she does Angel, she's in the movie What's Up, Hideous Sun Demon, which is okay. a re edited and redubbed version of the 1959 sci fi film The Hideous Sun Demon. Okay. Uh, apparently, Robert Clark-, Clark originally gave his consent to parody his film, Hideous Sun Demon. But when he saw the finished film, he regretted his decision. <laughs> OK, I got <gotcha>. you. <laughs> Just such a funny note to find. Yep. Um, and then in 1985, she returns for the sequel to Angel, Avenging Angel. Hell yeah. Uh, which we did not watch, but I would really like to, because there's like four Angel movies. She comes back and like two other characters come back. Like Rory Calhoun, I think also comes back Mm -hmm, for this. Um, But uh, I forget which one of them. One of the films that I was like, one of these uh, Avenging Angel movies had the description, former baby prostitute, which I thought was, (laughs) I was like, wait, what? Um, but this one says, Molly, former prostitute, has managed to leave her street life uh, with help from Lieutenant Andrews. She oh. studies law and leads a normal life. When Andrews is killed by a brutal oh, gang, no. she returns to the streets as Angel to find his killers.
2: Whoa. Okay, because Lieutenant Andrews is the one character yeah. from the, the first movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah
1: uh yes yeah, so this is uh you know the second of four movies in this so I gotta watch all of these obviously
2: it's interesting that her character would return for this movie I guess yeah. that means they go back to that same uh, yeah like maybe she's still
1: living there or, or whatever, something maybe. yeah
2: um because yeah I did I, by the way I did like Susan Terrell as this character she's having a lot of fun just being a, a butch is. loudmouth. You yeah
1: know? I was a big fan yeah uh, and then she's in the movie *Flesh and Blood*, uh-huh. which we've talked about. This is another one that we've talked about a lot because talked about
2: it for Rucker,
0: right?
1: Rucker Howard's in this movie, and then Jennifer Jason Leigh is yes, in this yes, movie. Yes. Um, this is one and it's a movies, yeah, right? it's a Paul Verhoeven film. Um, because Rucker worked with Verhoeven a lot, mm-hmm. and a lot of those movies are hard to find because they were like before Verhoeven yeah, yeah. came um to the U.S. Um, so this is like one of the few we were able to watch, and it's like uh, you know mid. Medieval movie, like there's like a lot of talk of the plague going yeah. around. um And Susan Terrell plays like Rucker's like partner that yeah. he's with until Jennifer Jason Lee comes around and then like he starts fucking her. But like I'm pretty sure that uh, Susan Terrell like has his baby and it dies immediately after oh, she gives shit, birth to right. it. Like there's this whole weird moment that. at the beginning of the movie where like. It's pouring rain outside, and they're like burying his dead child, yeah. and you're like Jesus.
2: I forgot about that.
1: Um, but yeah, she spends I mean, most of the
2: movie with like a flask in her hand, like screaming and like, oh yeah, like and... just
1: doing her like yeah. I'm drunk, I'm crazy kind of deal. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: Um And like being like you know, kind of the scorned lover right. who like you know has been uh, rejected because of J- Jennifer Jason Lee, which was really interesting.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I remember that she was just like, her presence in this movie to me was very much like, oh yeah, there's Susan Terrell. She's doing yeah. some Susan Terrell shit. I was
1: like, you make sense here. Of yeah, course. Yeah. yeah. Um, then in 1986, she does a kid's movie, The Christmas Star, starring Ed Asner. I
2: cannot imagine her in a children's film, although we're about to see some more. Yeah.
1: Uh, in 1987, she does one of the voices in The Chipmunk Adventure. Which I've
2: definitely seen a bunch of times. Uh,
1: yeah, I definitely saw this movie. Yeah. It's really wild. Um, she then does a TV movie called Poker Alice, starring Liz Taylor and Tom Skerritt. Okay. And then uh, does a movie which I would like to see called uh, From a Whisper to a Scream, starring Vincent Price, about yeah. a uh, in a small Tennessee town, a historian ret- retells four horror stories to a reporter. Okay. Uh, so it sounds like a kind of fun anthology, anthology thing. Um, and then in 1988, she was in the movie Tape Heads. I would like to see
2: Tape Heads. This is like a cult classic.
1: Yeah, it's got like John Cusack and yeah. uh,
2: crap. Who else is in that? Yeah. Uh,
1: but yeah, there's like a lot of people in that movie. I feel like it's a movie that like my parents had on DVD or something. I'm, I, like,
2: I think it's like, you know, like uh, with Empire Records, one of those like 90s cult yeah, movies. Yeah, I know it's of.
1: about like the music industry and stuff too.
2: Yeah, I can't remember if tape refers to cassettes or video, but mm-hmm. it, it's one of the two.
1: Uh, and then she's in big top peewee.
2: Okay. So, and I've, I think I've seen Big Top Pee Wee. I've seen, I'm a big fan of Big Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Not
1: seen any of the Pee Wee movies. Uh, Pee
2: Wee Rocks. Love Pee-Wee. No, Pee Wee
1: creeps me out. Yeah, Pee
2: Wee rules. Pee Wee's really, really cool. No, really fun guy. He's a weirdo. Really, really funny, weird guy. Uh and uh, Big no. Top Pee Wee is I, I this one I think was on TV a lot when I was growing up. So I know I've like seen it, but I don't really remember anything about okay. it. Okay. Pee Wee Rules.
1: Ugh, no, he looks weird, he sounds weird. Yeah, he's great. I'm not into it. Yeah, he's awesome. No, it doesn't seem like a person that should actually be like near children. (laughs) It's great. I don't think so. Uh, In 1989, uh, she's in the movie Far From Home, which is a Drew Barrymore movie. Uh, a teenage girl and her father driving cross country become stranded when their car runs out of gas in a remote Nevada desert town, and they're forced to stay in a dilapidated trailer park where a serial killer lurks. Okay. I like some of these weird, like, Barrymore movies. Yeah. Uh, And then we get to her roles in the 90s, um, and for TV she did things like Tales from the Crypt, and then she also did a voice in, I think, a couple episodes of Extreme Ghostbusters, which I've definitely seen.
2: I watched a bunch of that yeah. growing up. It was
1: yeah. on a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she's in the movie rockula where she plays chuck the bartender
2: we totally wanted to watch rockula
1: uh yes it's about a young vampire who cannot lose his virginity because of a curse imposed upon him centuries ago yeah this
2: was like kind of the only reason i kept like avoiding recommending we watch this because i was like that premise the mm-hmm. early not that, that that sounds like it could be a, a creepy
0: movie well
1: it's all of these like weird vampire movies starring like you know young like would be like bigger actors usually like what the fucking Nick Cage there's one the Nick we Cage watched one,
2: there's the Jim Carrey one
1: I and like I always get all of them confused yeah. Uh and then she's in uh Cry Baby uh, directed by John Waters mm-hmm. which we watched
2: We did yeah uh Cry Baby was pretty good
1: Yeah I liked this it was fun
2: This re- this to me was like a like a lesser rehash of um, Hairspray, which I love. I think Mm. his movie Hairspray is so good. Yeah. Um, And Crybaby, I felt like, was sort of just doing a lot of the same kind of like, I don't know, story, but maybe not quite as as good or as entertaining. But I did like it. Um, uh, You know, it's a little weird watching Johnny Depp do some of the things that Johnny Depp does in this movie, knowing what we now know about uh, Johnny Depp.
1: Yeah, it's it's a little uncomfortable watching Johnny Depp sometimes. Uh,
2: but like, pretty much everything else about it is is pretty fun yeah. and just it very you know.
1: Uh, it, the the lead girl in it is so striking.
2: Uh, oh yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't
1: think she was in a she lot. She's not in a
2: lot. I looked her up because I had the same thought. I was like, boy, this woman is like gorgeous.
1: Yeah cuz she she totally does that just like 50s uh not like pin but you know kind of that uh look very well
2: Yeah, I mean she she looks just like uh I, I don't know like the
1: Amy Locaine?
2: Yeah, like like she's like a poster child for 50s teenager, you know? What yeah. I
1: mean? Oh, absolutely.
2: But yeah, like Ricky Lake, Tracy Lords, like there's a bunch of the Kim McGuire... Tracy like,
1: Lords also looked great in this movie. She
2: did, I know. Um, but you know, there's like a bunch of like Iggy Pop. There's there's all these like John Waters, you know. Yeah, Terrell and people. Iggy Pop
1: are like together in this movie, which, yeah, which is which really is funny.
2: So fun. I mean, that's like John Waters having a great time, being like, "I'm gonna get these two weirdos together."
1: Uh, I yeah, like she makes so much sense as like a Waters person. Yes, I so know. I was like very excited that they worked together because I love John Waters so much. Yep. Um. Also, like her, she enters the film where like she's just trying to sell like guns or something to people i was like oh okay yeah, like yeah. this this is a tyrell character for sure <laughs> no. and she's like the the like matriarch of this kind of like gang of misfits right. that like all like it like all of it just makes so much sense and works really well
2: yeah yeah i thought this movie was pretty fun I, you know waters is maybe a little less interesting to me when he's working in this more kind of like um, yeah I don't know, like, pop-friendly landscape, Mm. but also, even when he's doing that, he's still being, like, really subversive. Like, there's some jokes in this movie that are, like, totally wild. Yeah, like,
1: still feels so much like him. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then she's in the movie Motorama, which... I just like listed the actors because they were all people she had worked with and other things. Jack Nance, uh, John Deal, who plays like the serial killer in uh, Angel, Mm -hmm. and then Drew Barrymore, which I just thought was like weird that like all these people were in this together. together, Yeah, Uh, she was then in The Demolitionist, another Uh movie that we watched.
2: We did watch The Demolitionist, and you can too, although (laughs) we may not recommend it.
1: I mean. It's another RoboCop ripoff because yes. that was just a thing that happened all the time.
2: But in this case, a lady becomes RoboCop. Yeah,
1: which like you know, Lady RoboCop, sure into cool. that idea. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it it then I don't know. It's like
2: it's too long. It meanders. It's like it's not great.
1: Yeah, yeah. It feels like they're like, oh, this is going to be about a lady, so we got to talk about her emotions and shit, and yeah, it yeah. just like doesn't work very well. Yeah. Um,
2: like. One of the things that I liked about it is that guy Bruce Abbott is in it and he is essentially returning yeah. almost literally as his reanimator character. It's
1: kind of like a cross between like him and Combs a little right. bit cuz he he gets to be like slightly more of a mad scientist right. than he is in Reanimator cuz like he's he's good in those movies but he's just like so like outshone by Combs, yes, you yes. know
2: um yeah he yeah because he's and he's literally i mean that's what he's doing he's like he's reanimating dead bodies essentially that this movie's version of robocop is like yeah he's he's keeping a dead body alive through some sort of weird like uh cell treatment or something yeah
1: he's like replacing her blood with this fusion of other stuff but she like needs to get the fusion every night or she'll just like Like decay uh which is like kind of an interesting idea yeah Um, So it's like a
2: Frankenstein meets RoboCop thing sort of.
1: And it's got, like, a ton of people in in it. Like, uh, Heather Langenkamp is in a couple scenes. Bruce Campbell's in a couple scenes. Uh, Jack Nance. Uh, It also has, uh, for some reason, a lot of, like, uh, FX guys were in this movie. yeah, right. Tom Savini. Tom Savini. uh, Gregory Nicotero, who goes on to do the Walking Dead stuff. It's, like, got, like, an insane cast of people. And Susan Terrell plays the mayor, Uh who's, like, this, like, very corrupt like um uh tough on crime like she bans guns which like part of me was wondering it like we talked about this it feels like the movie is very like pro-gun
2: totally feels pro-gun it 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 imagines that if we were to outlaw guns everything would be worse everything would get worse because no one could defend themselves yeah. And so, like, the RoboCop character, basically the reason she's special is because she's got, like, she gets a guns. crazy gun <laughs> and just mows people the fuck down with yeah. it over the course of the movie.
1: And, like, Susan Terrell, I mean, it, it's, like, it's weird. It feels like what conservatives think Hillary Clinton is like. Sure. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and... So she's just like batshit crazy, but a lot of it did feel like, oh yeah, you put a lady in charge with her emotions, and she's gonna outlaw guns and make everything worse, Uh and it's just like, ugh, okay. I
2: felt like that aspect of the movie felt maybe a little like incidental and perhaps like accidental, where like they did not necessarily intend to, even though that is. the most direct and easy read of what's happening you know what i mean it's there's like,
1: there's also this like scene at the beginning where like she because she's the mayor can give like uh what's it called like clemency to someone who's yeah. like about to be executed and so you think she's calling to do that and she instead like is ordering chinese food and yeah. you're just like oh this like crazy heartless bitch but she's perfect for that role oh yeah it's she great. is like
2: so wonderful as this yeah. like corrupt politician that is like A cigar-chomping maniac, basically, that's, like, willing to do anything to, like, get votes for the next, you know, term or whatever. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was uh, very into it. Uh, Yeah, she she
2: was really fun. The movie itself was, I don't know. Not great. Yeah. Uh,
1: She's then in a movie called Digital Man, which is, like, another terrible-sounding sci-fi film. Yeah, I mean, I
2: can't believe she was in a movie called The Demolitionist and then a movie called Digital Man back-to-back.
1: Uh, She was then in a mystery drama called Powder with Jeff Goldblum, Lance Henriksen, and Ray Wise. Is this
2: The Powder?
1: Is there, like, a The Powder?
2: Yeah, there's a movie called Powder that is, like, one of the, like, wild uh, B movies that people kind of, like, make fun of all the time.
1: Oh, maybe. Oh, I think it is.
2: Oh, yeah. I think this is The Powder. Okay. I don't know
1: anything about this.
2: An off-the-charts genius who is homeschooled and shunned after his last relative dies shows the unconscious residents of his town about connection awareness And the generosity of the spirit.
1: Oh, God, he looks terrible.
2: Yeah. Uh, I believe this is, like, uh, one of the, like, pretty wild outsider art movies where it's, like, it is actually outsider art in as much as, like, somebody, like, some maniac made a movie and people were, like, yeah, I guess we give this guy money. I guess this is his movie.
1: Well, hey, uh, it makes sense that Susan Terrell was in it then.
2: Yeah, we should have watched this. I didn't know she was in this.
1: Um, and then she was in Poison Ivy, The New Seduction, which I think is the fourth installment of the Poison Ivy series. Did I
2: watch the first one with you?
1: You didn't. And we, re- I will watch that movie right now. <laughs> okay. Like okay. <laughs> I really want you to watch that movie because it's totally wild. Uh, a while ago, I was working on this piece about uh, like erotic uh, teen thrillers, and so I watched this one. F- or I watched the first *Poison Ivy* for the first time and loved it. Um, I think like uh, Show Factory has like a collection of these that I would love to get because right. like. I I think the first one's wild and I assume they get worse but it's all about like a teen that comes into these families and like seduces the dad and like Hell wreaks yeah. havoc on them and I just love that idea. Sounds great. Um and this one stars Jamie Presley.
2: Oh, okay. Um
1: and then I think another one stars Alyssa Milano. So they just get <laughs> okay. these like, you know, like hot like 90s girls and like throw them in these movies where they're like home wreckers. That's so
2: funny. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I bet I can see Susan Terrell being very fun in a movie like right? that. Right? Yeah. Uh, in
1: 1998, she was in a movie called Relax, It's Just Sex with Jennifer Tilly and Lori Petty.
2: Oh, these are all ladies I love. This sounds great.
1: Yeah, it's it sounds so strange. A captivating, polysexual, multiracial romantic comedy <laughs> that revolves around tangled relationship and love affairs uh, of an extended group of close-knit friends. Okay. I also just want to know what a poly movie in the 90s looks like. It feels like it can't be good. The
2: fact that they had to say it's multiracial right next to all yeah. of that, too, is like very funny. That feels very 90s, too. It's like,
1: oh, imagine that. Yeah.
2: Hey, these people don't just fuck a lot. They also <laughs> cross <laughs> ethnicity.
1: Uh, the 90s. Um, and then in nineteen ninety-nine, she's in a movie called Buddy Boy, starring Aiden uh Gillen or Gillen, um, which he's uh one of the guys from Game of Thrones. He plays uh Littlefinger, who I love.
0: All right, all right.
1: Um it's about an introvert who re- relieves the tedium of caring for his invalid mother by spying on his neighbor. Um and then, yeah, she just has a couple more films in the 2000s. Uh, in 2003, she was in a film called Mast and Anonymous, starring Bob Dylan, John Goodman, and Jessica Lang. Okay.
0: That's
1: uh, a lot which of good I had never people. heard of. Yeah. yeah. Me uh, and there were a ton more people than that in it, even. I was like really impressed by the cast. Huh. Um, in 2008, she was in the Boneyard Collection, which is a horror anthology that sounds familiar. I don't know if yeah. I've heard of it or not, but. Huh. Um, And then in 2012, she was in a drama called Kid Thing.
2: That would be cool if that was a movie about, like, the Thing's kid, like a little, like a a Muppet Babies version of the Thing. Yeah. Kid Thing.
1: Yeah, I like that idea. Um, So Susan Terrell passed away uh, June 16th, uh, 2012, at the age of 67 in Austin, Texas. Mm -hmm. Um, She, uh, yeah, it said, like, what I found like real life tragedy struck in late April of 2000 when Susan contracted a near fatal illness. Um, both of her legs had to be amputated below the knee as a result of multiple blood clots due to a rare blood disease. Um, she continued to perform on occasion while going through rehabilitation. Um, but she spent uh, a lot of her time writing and painting before she passed away in 2012, um, which is pretty wild.
0: That's
2: sad.
1: Yeah. Um, when her uh, TV and movie career started to simmer down, uh, she opted for a lot of, like, avant-garde stage productions. Um, she was in productions like Why Hannah's Skirt Won't Stay Down, wow. uh, Landscape of the Body, The Geography of Luck, uh, and her uh, one-woman piece, My Rotten Life, A Bitter Operetta, uh, from <laughs> 1989, uh, which she performed performed for, like, a very long time, I guess. Um, she was a close friend of Andy Warhol, um, sure. sh- and she was a painter. Um, she had a series of portraits entitled, uh, Fags and Dykes.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, which seems very up her alley. Um, yep. and she also did illustrations from the Kama Sutra. Sure. Yeah. Yep. All makes sense.
2: so clicks right into place for me
1: uh i also found this quote from her where she talks about not being a fan of working with female directors (laughs) which really upset me she says something like oh they should just be in the kitchen they all want me to like bleed on stage and i'm like oh god
0: (laughs) oh man this is
1: horrifying
2: what what a crazy person
1: she yeah very very crazy um so apparently in her show, like her one woman perform- uh-huh. fer- performance, um, she had a a portion that was entitled Grandfather, which I guess was a veiled reference at her Fat City director, John Houston, oh. um, um, who gets a s- sarcastic dedication in the production program. Um, and then she just said, like she was quote, saying, I'm giving it back to him the way he gave it to me, oh, which I, I, I'm like, fuck yeah. yeah.
2: I think that's her sarcastic dedication to him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, she also had this, like, really funny quote just on, like, getting older and, like, rolls drying up for her and how, like, uh, that, like, affected her mental health. Oh. Um, but she said, like, suicidal tendencies clashed head on with the what she calls a horniness for life. <laughs> 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 I first thought it was that I didn't have the nerve to kill myself, but then I saw that I wanted life more than I realized. And okay. I'm like, all right, Susan, good for you. A
2: horniness for life.
1: Yeah uh yeah she's such an interesting character there's like a very long quote here too just about how like she doesn't like beautiful people she finds beauty grotesque uh she likes to be successful people i don't like beautiful people she likes like broken weirdos and that just like makes so much sense for her um but i i mean i just love like how thoroughly strange she seems to be like on and off the screen she's such a fascinating presence
2: yeah i know she like i don't know the second she's on screen in a movie, she's like, "All oh, you're really looking at or watching." Yeah,
1: it's it's amazing just like how you're drawn to her. Yeah, um, in a way that seems like totally different than like other actresses, you know, like she, because like I don't feel like there are a lot of people that draw you in with like. Being seductive or beautiful or, like, you know, like, or, like, being, uh, I don't know, like, taking up the screen in other ways and, like, authoritative ways. Yeah. And she does, like, some of that stuff, but mostly it's just, like, I'm, like, the craziest person in the room. <laughs> Look at me. And she's, like, she takes up, like, all the space, which uh-huh. I think is great. I just, I, I love it whenever I see her in something.
2: Yeah, she's awesome. Um, and uh, Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker is a huge, huge recommend.
1: Oh yeah, it's it's truly amazing. She's
2: so fucking good in that movie. Yeah,
1: it's yeah. If you're gonna watch any Susan Terrell movie, it should yeah. definitely be Butcher Baker because she just yeah. I mean, she gets to be like the lead, like crazy bitch, and yeah. she's fantastic. Um. And yeah, I have, uh, just a few sources. Um, LA times, um, had a article with her from 91 and then the village voice, uh, had a article that was about her one woman performance, which I feel like I would have loved to have seen. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Me too. Cool. Well, I think that, uh, that about wraps it up for us then.
2: Um, where can people find you on the internet?
1: Uh, I am Tori Potenza on the internet. Um, I don't think I have any, like, big writing things coming up as of late. But, you know, my Women Who Kill column's up once a month on Movie John. Uh, I'm very hopeful that I'll be getting to review the uh, horny nun movie from Paul Verhoeven sometime soon. Benedetta. (laughs) Benedetta. Uh, I think that's the thing I'm, like, most looking forward to writing about uh, coming up. Hell Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, you can find me at Philadelphia. It's with an F on uh, Twitter and Letterbox. Follow my Letterbox. I just wrote uh, too many words about the movie Johnny Mnemonic. Mm. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm on MovieJohn.com sometimes. JWN. Yeah. All right, let's get out of here.
1: Let's do it. Buzz buzz.
2: Mm-hmm.